every move that she would take, she would ask and say, can I touch you here? And all of a sudden I realized he's trying to put his dick in me without a condom on and I'm like, whoa, 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 you can't just do that. I'm 28 and I've spent most of my sex life like sleeping with women and being in relationships with couples and I identify as a straight woman. I can't really say I identify as anything. I just like what I like and I tend to get what I like. This is episode 21, live from the Touchpoint Town Hall in New York City. Welcome to Touchpoint, a podcast about love, sex, and identity in the modern world. I'm your host, Jared Matthew Weiss. Each week, I chat with an inspiring person that will help you expand your mind, open your heart, and give you one thing to think about on your journey towards great love. Thanks for hanging with me today. Here we go. While our pursuits of love vary from person to person depending on what types of bodies and partnerships we're drawn to, the emotional desires that drive those pursuits are very much the same. We need touch, we want joy, we aspire to love and to be loved. And in this episode of Touchpoint, you'll listen in to our monthly town hall in New York City where a hundred perfect strangers gathered to share some of their experiences in bed and in love. There are stories of creepy dates, kinky sex, healing apologies, and, spoiler alert, even a full-on marriage proposal at the town hall. It was an extraordinary evening in celebration of all that we pursue, and I'm excited to share it with you now. Thanks for listening. Here we go. So before we begin, I always like to ask, do I have your permission to have a conversation with you about your love and sex lives? Okay, we got to do this again. I want you to think of the kind of yes you would want to hear right before you were about to have a sexual experience with another person, okay? <laughs> so do I have permission to have a conversation with you about your love and sex lives? Yes! Wow, these people are ready. Okay, so, so this is the Touchpoint Town Hall. Thousands of people have sat in this circle. They have shared their stories. We have listened to each other. We have loved each other. And it's been an amazing experience for me sitting here and you know, we're, we're entering into our third year. Um, our mission is to make it easier to love and be loved. So as we all sit here tonight, you know, the goal is to walk out of here with one thing that you're left thinking about. Just one thing. If you hear one thing in the next 45 to 60 minutes and you leave thinking about that, to me, this is a tremendous success for all of us. Um, now, I will ask questions uh, throughout. Um, if I ask you a question and you don't want to answer it, you just have to say, I actually don't want to answer that. And you're fine. Now, if I ask you a question and you start answering it, you're like going on and then all of a sudden you realize you're like, why am I saying this in front of all these people? I don't, I don't want to say this in front of all these people. Just stop talking. You're perfect. You can change your mind at any time. Word? Word. Okay. We're going to get same. We're going to work it in. You know, I feel like they're different. Word, I, I'm working on it. Listen, the whole thing has been a real work in progress, okay? So what we do here is we bring in a few people uh, who have submitted their stories in advance. Uh, they're stories that we think there's something, you know, really interesting and compelling and something that, you know, we may be able to learn a thing or two. Um, and then we also open it up to everybody else to share. Um, 
The one thing we want to make sure is that, listen, there's a lot of people here and the way we maintain that intimacy, all that big intimacy in one room is there's usually only one person speaking at a time. So if it's not you and somebody's speaking, just be quiet. Like I know sometimes you want to lean to your friend and be like, hey, I can't believe that person just said that. That's the most insane thing I've ever heard. And I know you may have those compulsions, but try to like not do that, okay? Uh, so with that, um, I'm super excited about opening up the space with Sophia. Everybody, put your hands together for Sophia. So Sophia, look, everybody's reorienting themselves, <laughs> right? Sophia is the, our story producer here. Um, she works with all of our storytellers, and we were talking this week, and she had this story that was so good. I was like, I think you have to tell this story to all the people at the town hall. So Sophia is, is here to share a story with us. So Sophia, this is about, this was like a first date, right? I mean, that's kind of a very It was supposed to, to be something like that? or I, I mean, why don't you tell us what happened? <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you guys decide if that was the first date. Um, so I call this story Just Hold Me Guy. And at the time, I was living in Tel Aviv in Israel. And I was kind of like on the tail end of this like inconsequential situationship. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to go out on the town and I'm going to get a rebound. It's going to be great. I'm at a techno club in Tel Aviv. And I get introduced to this guy. Next thing I know, we're like making out in a bathroom stall, and you know, as one does. And uh, we start talking, and we realize that we're both interested in checking out this kink club in Tel Aviv. Did you that, say kink club? Yeah, kink club. Uh, anybody who's not familiar with what a kink club is, say word. Okay, so I uh, mean, what is a kink club? I guess. By the way, I'm the biggest muggle in the room. Just so that we're clear. <laughs> uh, okay, what is a kink club? I guess, well, I actually haven't ever been to one, but from my understanding, <laughs> okay. uh, a kink club is a sex fetish type of club where people can go explore those things. Um, and okay. so we both realized that we really wanted to go to this kink club. And, uh, you know, he's talking to me about it. He's like, yeah, like, I really want to go. But the thing is, is you have to have a partner to be able to go to the kink club. So he's like, yeah, I've never been able to go. Like, you always need to go with someone. And I was like, well, I'll go. He's like, no, you wouldn't. And he's like, you know what? Let's meet tomorrow and we'll go. I bet you're not going to come. And I was like, challenge accepted. And so the next day I show up at his apartment and I'm wearing stockings, garter belt, leather skirt, corset type of thing. Like, I'm not messing around. Like, Wait, did you, buy, did you buy all that that day or do you already own these things? I mean, I may have already owned the, all of those things. Okay, so you've explored As kink. You just haven't been to a kink club. Yes, that okay. is, that is cool. accurate. Great. <laughs> So I get to this guy's apartment. We're hanging out in his bedroom. We're sipping some beers. We're getting to know each other because, you know, we only met the day before. And I kind of wanted him to understand that, yeah, we're going together, but we're not going together. So I casually dropped into conversation that I was texting with some other guy, which I admit was not the most mature way to handle the situation. But I just needed him to understand, you know, we're not an item. Um, Why do you think you didn't just say to him, we're not an item? Uh, I think because I'm non-confrontational. Anybody else who's ever been there, say <laughs> word. word. Okay, cool. Keep going. So I had my non-confrontational indirect way of letting him know. And so we're talking. One thing leads to another. We start hooking up. And clothes start coming off. And all of a sudden, I realize he's trying to put his dick in me without a condom on. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't just do that. And all of a sudden, he's like, oh. 
and he curls up into a ball at the corner of his bed and he's like oh, oh I'm sorry I'm just in a lot of pain right now and I was like what are you talking about like and he's like it just really hurts when I have to stop in the middle of it and I was like well first of all it's really weird but why don't you just go get a condom like we can have sex and he's like I already know I don't have condoms I just need a minute like and he's just like curled up in this ball I was like okay well the vibe is a little bit weird right now you know coitus interruptus over here um and so <laughs> i'm trying really hard to salvage the situation because i'm like you know uh, does the night really have to end here and i'm talking about like the beatles like i don't know i'm trying to salvage the situation and he looks at me and he's like so we're not going to this kink club are we and i was like you know probably not and he's like okay i'll be right back so he leaves his room he comes back with a bunch of beers and a bottle of vodka, and he starts just chugging these beers, shooting shots of vodka, railing lines of Coke. And I'm like, why? I mean, we're not going anywhere. Like, why are you getting so fucked up when we're just, we're just staying here? And then all of a sudden, he leaves the room again, and he's gone for a little bit. And then he comes back, and he sits on the edge of the bed, and he's looking kind of a kind of way. And he's like, I just threw up. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. And he's like, yeah, well, it really felt like you were cheating on me when you told me that you were texting that guy. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm so sorry. Yeah, that, you know, that's on me. And I think I should go, um, you know, yeah. And he's like, yeah, I, I think that's a good idea. I don't think we should ever see each other again. And I was like, you know, I'm OK with that. And. I start gathering all my things and putting my jacket on and I get up to leave and he's like, wait, 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 you're not going, are you? Please don't go, please don't go. Can you please just hold me? And I was like, oh my God. You know, he seemed so emotionally <coughs> unstable that I was like, I don't wanna just leave him. So the next thing I know, I'm lying there, big spoon, holding this guy. And I'm just lying there, like evaluating every single step I took to get to that moment. I'm just like, what the fuck? So, yeah. Oh, my God. Sophia, everybody. Okay. So, so, Sophia, I have some questions. So, I guess my first question is, when you walk away from something like that, and specifically now that you reflect on it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what, are you, what does that interaction teach you? Like, what, what have you walked away with? Is there anything other than, you know, like, wow, that guy was super weird. Next. So it was actually a watershed moment. Funny that you ask. Um, he was sort of like the cherry on the cake of a long string of super mediocre, unsatisfying, disappointing, shitty sex that I had while I was in Israel. So it was kind of like, no more. And I became way more selective about who I let into my life and who I have sex with, so. Wow, okay, and how long ago was this? Um, I guess that would have been August of 2017. Okay, and do you still have aspirations to go to a kink club? You know, I don't, I don't even know if that's, it's, it's funny because I went from like wanting all the kink and the kink clubs and the sex parties and all this stuff and now, like, after I made that decision and I had that realization, I went to the complete opposite side of the spectrum. Where, like, I kind of just want, like, vanilla and intimacy and, like, hugs. 
<laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Everybody, Sophia. So, so what words come up for you when you hear that story? What's coming up for you? Just shout out words when you feel them. Anything that comes Insecurity. up. Same. Insecurity. What? Same. Same. <laughs> Communication. Somebody's like <laughs> Communication. Anybody? Disappointment. Disappointment. Ego. Manipulation. Ego. Manipulation. Ego. Consent. Transformation. Consent. Fear. What was it? Transformation. Where is that coming from? Hi. Hi. Okay. Transformation. Yeah. You, can I talk to you? Yeah. All right. Hi. Thank God. What is your name? Molly. Molly. Okay, Molly. So what's coming up? It just reminds me of like similar situations I've had, like that one shitty sex that went overboard that made you make that decision and say, you Molly, know, what was that one shitty sex that um, <laughs> made you go overboard? There were kind of multiple. So what's, what's one? And if you don't want to answer, you don't have to answer. No, it's totally fine. I would say one where, wow, there's like so many, I can't even think of one. Um, <laughs> Anybody else who's been there say word. Word. Okay. I would say one where a guy got up mid blowjob because he had to go pick up a mattress. <laughs> <laughs> For a friend. And it's not because I was doing a bad job. It's because he didn't want to reciprocate. Right. And at that point, I was like, I got to respect myself more. I got to get into, like, okay, we're changing the rules. We're only having sex with people that give oral sex like we are that is a standard we are starting there wow nice. okay and like because of that i went from having sex once a week to i haven't had sex in a year and i'm like so much happier because of it because i'm not dealing with shitty men who make me feel like a piece of shit thank god you're here <laughs> molly everybody so I heard somebody say, somebody said, uh, I think it was on this side of the room, there was something about communication came up somewhere. Dr. Jana. Mm -hmm. Dr. Jana, what, what's coming up? Everybody, this is Dr. Jana. Please put your hands together for her. <laughs> she is our, our in-house uh, sex educator, um, intimacy wizard. Uh, sure. Uh, I chime in every now and then. Yeah, and, and so what, what you, what's coming up around communication, Dr. Jana? Well, uh, there, there are a lot of pieces there, but the, it, it sounded like th some of the, it, at least some of the things could have been prevented by having a more direct conversation around what we are in that, in that moment, right? right? How are we going to this club and what are the expectations that we have yeah. for each other while we're there? And that's, that's such a common thing that people don't do before going to, say, a sex party or a kink party or something like that. And that, that can, having that conversation can prevent a lot of, yeah. Uh, not amazing things happening. Yeah, yeah. Anybody who's been there before say word. Word. Word, okay, so. But it's hard to talk about. Yeah, So absolutely. You don't often don't know what you want, and that's the other thing. You, you can't necessarily predict what's going to happen or what you're going to want once yeah. you're in that scenario, especially with someone that you barely know, Right. like in this case. But it's so important to have at least some level of expectation and intention shared with, uh, and boundaries shared with the person. Word. Well, that brings up something. Somebody said consent. Where was that? Hi. Can we, can we travel over to <laughs> our friend over here? Um, we'll just wait till they get situated. Um, what is your name? Bernardo. Bernardo. Yeah. So Bernardo, um, when you say consent, what's coming up for you? 
Um, I mean, it's very related to communication, for sure. And I think one of the most important things about sex and the entirety of the act is to make sure that everyone is comfortable with everything that is happening. And I saw a lack of asking for consent and consent in a lot of spots there. How's um, that showing up in your life, Bernardo? Um? How's it showing up in your life? In my life? Yeah. Um, well. <laughs> Bernardo's like, I did not sign up yeah. for this. <laughs> I cannot unpack this right now. Um, I have a dinner after this. <laughs> in a positive way or negative way? I don't know. I don't know you. <laughs> you can tell um, me. I was at a venue, say a kink venue, <laughs> once, and I was engaging in a sexual act um, with um, someone's, um, and it was it was sort of like my first time in that situation, and um, having been there, um, one thing that I learned that was very valuable is that um, this girl who I just barely met, um, and my partner was with me too, and like the three of us were having this, this thing, and every move that she would take, she would ask and say, can I touch you here? Do you mind if I kiss your neck? Do you mind if I give you a blowjob? Do you mind if I touch your partner? Then ask my partner, do you mind if I touch you? And it's some people would say that this is not, that it kills the mood, but for that type of situation, it creates a sort of comfort that is just liberating. It's like, okay, like, you're actually caring about how comfortable I am with the situation, my partner is with the situation, and you're caring about your own comfort too. So it's, it creates the communication Dr. John is talking about. So. Yeah, wow. All right, yeah. well, thank you so much for sharing that story. <laughs> In a, in a group sex dynamic, it feels like it's probably the most fun game of telephone you've ever played in your life. It's like, can I give you a blowjob? 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 Um, okay. Um, all right. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because um, it really does bring us into our next storyteller, um, Hollis. Uh, everybody, please put your hands together for Hollis. So Hollis... Hollis and I had a very fascinating conversation um, in which you shared with me that you keep a very special spreadsheet. It's true. And what is the title of this spreadsheet? A dollop of daisies. A dollop of daisies. And what is in this spreadsheet? So that, that is an interesting question. Um, the spreadsheet is a recollection of every sexual or romantic experience that I've ever had. Um, and this is basically broken down to three spreadsheets within the spreadsheet. The first one is the main list of every partner I've ever done anything with. The second one is something I call Baywatch, uh, which is a list of people who I've had Recurring or dating experiences That's with. That's spelled B-A-E? B-A-E, watch, yes. Um, and the third one is called Fantasy Draft Picks. Uh, and it's... 
it's people who, you know, they've caught my eye for whatever reason. I'm like, I really want to dig into this a little bit more. So uh, it's just kind of a place where I've gotten a chance to like do a lot of reflecting um, and also just analysis, which I really love to do, uh, especially about things like love and uh, and sex and et cetera. So um, yeah, it's, it's a great place for me to, um, to work with all the data that I've been able to accrue naturally just by living life. Okay, so anybody yeah. else who does this, say word. Word. Wait, hold on, wait. <laughs> hold on. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> please put up your hand if you have a spreadsheet of everybody you've had sex with. No, please put them up higher. Be proud. It doesn't have to be a spreadsheet. <laughs> She's like, is it a, is it a CSV? Mine is, mine, mine is a Google spreadsheet. It's totally different. Um, okay. <laughs> it's in the cloud. Um, okay. Okay. Hold on. The, okay. So let's talk about your spreadsheet for sure. a second. And then Margo, we're coming back to you. Okay. So you're not alone. Okay. Which is honestly what we keep finding out in this space over and over again, that regardless of what we share, there's just other people who are experiencing the same thing. So what is the type of data that you are collecting in this, in this spreadsheet? Sure. So first is a little background on like why the spreadsheet came to be. Um, at first, I had started like with a note on my phone that was just kind of like a name as it would happen, and then like a little emoji that would kind of describe the situation. Um, Give an example. You know, so an example of that might be uh, a red dot. Um, and the red dot actually indicated that this was someone who didn't know that they were starting their period, and we found out the hard way. Um, as in, I found out the hard way when I took a dive down and then came back up for uh, air and not blood. But the thing about it is that each of them has their own sort of like indication of something that obviously could have gone really well or something that could have gone a different way. Um, and I wanted to dig into like some of the unconscious like preferences and just things that like brought me to each of these encounters. Um, so whether that was something like, you know, did alcohol play a factor or was it something that like, you know, one of my friends and someone who my friends introduced me to um, and like how long did it go on for and like what exactly about this person? Like, was it how loving they were? Was it uh, how passionate our sexual encounter was? Um, what about it made it last for however long it did if it was something that was more than a one time encounter? So I kind of wanted to accrue all this data and in a way that a note on my iPhone really was just not going to cut. Um, so, so that's when I also included, but there's also, there's astrological data. Yes. There, right? Yeah. So with the spreadsheet, it's really been great because I was able to pretty much like log someone's birthday and then all of their, like, so like their sun sign would auto populate. And then I would be able to fill in the rest of their like astrological chart. Um, and then it would, it would oh. really crank out this full map of like, where all of the people I've interacted with, like where they come from and like how our interaction was influenced, you know, maybe by a lot of water. So I'm a Scorpio. Um, and I think that although we get a bad rep, um, I think that <laughs> you have the data to prove. I do have the data to prove <laughs> that we're not the bad guys here. Um, no, but like I was really interested in seeing like what kinds of people specifically 
were attracted to me and like, you know, who I was attracted to. So a mixture of astrological and also like personality test based information, I wanted to like store in one place. So like Myers-Briggs specifically, um, I, I mean, just through natural. Wait, so you have Myers-Briggs? I do. I have their, I have like everyone's Myers-Briggs. Do you have them then, take the actual test or do you just, you know, yeah. Um, so for some people, so for some people, it just kind of came up naturally, just like a, like, there was a period of time when I feel like I was really like all about Myers-Briggs. So I'd be like, oh, like, you know, I'm an ENTJ. So what are you? Um, oh, like, you've never heard of it. Like, here's a link to the 16personalities.com. You should check it out. Oh, like, you really resonate with your result. Okay, cool. Like, this is how I feel about it. So I feel like whether you agree that this is a great way to sum up, you know, your personality or whatever, I think that at the end of the day, that plus astrology are really just great tools to kind of like establish a common language with somebody about like the things that make you you. So I was really just about trying to dig down into like what things about the people who I was like apparently interacting and really interested in, um, like what themes those people had in common and like to try to get some takeaways for like, okay, what if I'm projecting to the future is going to be like this next partner and like what would a more ideal partner than the partners I've had before, what would they look like? So, so I, obviously you started doing this when? So I started doing this at the, uh, very end of my college career. So okay. as, as one does a lot of reflecting, um, you know, you're wrapping things up and a lot of great memories. Um, and so that was probably like six months ago, six months ago. Okay. Yeah. Well, congratulations on graduating college. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm assuming you were a math major. No, no, but something kind of close. Okay, uh, so, so I assume you know a lot of this is done. Uh, you're 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 populating this spreadsheet now with possibly partners from a while back. Yes. So so it's you you've had to reach out to some former partners and ask them for their birth information, and, <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, when I decided to do the full like breakdown of people's birth charts, it really was kind of like an endeavor on my part because it's not just about, okay, I have their birth, you know, their birthday from Facebook or whatever, like, or from my own memory, but it's like, okay, I, I need your birth time in order to populate this column, you know, for your, for your ascendant or your rising. Um, and I really wanted to see what that ultimate impact looked like. Um, so yeah, the process of going back through like this history or this list and then like reaching out to people, really fun, like highly recommend. Um, <laughs> especially when someone just gets a text out of the blue that's just like, uh, yo, what time were you born? And then it's just like, uh, 7.47 p.m., why? Like, <laughs> I got a lot of those, but I was actually really interested by the fact that people just kind of like gave away the time that they were born. It was kind of that, like most people were like, oh, are you like pulling my birth chart or something? And I'm like, yeah. Um, so Hollis, you reached out to somebody. <laughs> yeah. You said, I need some information on you. Yes. And what happened next? Yeah. Um, so one encounter that I had uh, when I was reaching out, um, it started as a normal thing. I hadn't seen or talked to this person in, I think, four years, three years. Um, so it had definitely been a while. Uh, and I reached out just about the birth time, um, and she sent me a message back that was like, hey, like, you know, I hope you're doing well. Um, I just wanted to check in about like 
the hookup encounter that we had a couple of years back um, because I know that alcohol was involved um, and I just wanted to make sure that while I thought at the time everything seemed like it was okay, I just wanted to make sure that like it was okay with you and that you're doing okay with, with that. Um, so just like kind of let me know how you feel about that. And I was really taken aback because I mean, this whole thing was kind of me just like going through and being like, okay, like, do I have birth time? Like, do I have whatever, like information or whatever. But then, you know, this kind of came and I hadn't, I hadn't processed like what had happened. Um, but to sum it up, basically, uh, it was a situation where like at a party, um, she was pretty influential in getting me to drink more and more and more. Um, and at a certain point, like I blacked out and I remember blacking in and being like in her bed um, and she's doing and like it's kind of like one of those scenes where like I didn't have any control over what was happening and things were just kind of unfolding before my eyes. Um, so she was like, you know, doing stuff and I was just kind of watching and then by the time that I kind of got my my wits about me and could like go because this was not something that I, I wanted to happen um, I just kind of like I think mentally chucked it up as something that just kind of happens to people and uh, moved on I tried to move on so I didn't really look back at that event as being something significant or something that like you know qualified me as as somebody who like, you know, needed to like process it even more than like what I already had. Um, but her doing that was really, it was surprisingly like cathartic and surprisingly meaningful. So like something that, you know, started as something so trivial, so trivial, like just your astrological time of whatever, um, it turned into something like a moment that, that really resonated with me. Um, and ended up being like the closure I didn't need, I didn't know that I needed. Hollis, everybody. <laughs> Hollis, thank God you're here. You've brought up a lot of really important things and also a lot of very innovative technological things. <laughs> um, in terms of, you know, I think the exercise of going into your past, going into your history, and, and you know, many of us don't have these types of documents, although many of us do. Um, but um, going into your past and, like, looking at what you've experienced, um, what have you learned about yourself? So I definitely learned... Um, that I have not gotten much better at picking partners um, as time has gone on, but anybody else who's learned that lesson, say word. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I also learned that part of like what I've been like looking for, or part of at least what's been represented in like the spreadsheet, is the fact that there's like a part of somebody else. This is like represented in Myers Briggs, for instance. Like a part of somebody else that. Um, is somewhat like me in that like we have similar methods of thinking or like you know they're kind of like a compliment to me in that like we're both maybe intuitive people but then there's a piece of it where it's like okay I really want them to be different and to add a different element so like I'm more of like the thinking like T in Myers-Briggs um, I definitely have the the feeling component as well right but like um, more of the people the highest percentage um, of people who like I would go through this in my 
dashboard of charts and stuff shows me uh, is is like the ENFP, um, which is pretty much the opposite of like the. Oh, Hollis, don't go too down the rabbit Sorry, hole. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, I'm, I'm someone who's confused. a compliment. What I want to know is, I want to know, you know, as you, you know, you uncovered something really meaningful with yeah. this with this one partner, right? Um, is there anything? Is there anything else that you've been able to uncover about yourself, about your about your history, about your choices that you reflect on in an emotional way, and say like, wow, okay, that's that's a big thing. Yeah. So a lot of the like one time or encounters that I flagged as one time events were you know contributed by alcohol or by something else, um, and it's not as though they're they're not not meaningful, but um, Part of like what was interesting about this like actual cataloging of everything that had happened was like the decision for like whether to include something as like worthy of being on the list or not. Um, and not that it was like the greatest thing ever, but it's just kind of like, okay, like this person, how much did they mean to me that I, I wrote them down at the time or that I can think back to this and like really kind of like figure out like how I felt about the situation. So overall, um, it's it's hard for me to say that I have like a, a perfect person carved out from uh, <laughs> my data, but yeah. it is. Um, but I can say that like no peop the the highest people I guess from my like there's a whole thing of like calculations that's showing like the net love kind of like based on like all these positive and negative. All right, stop nerding out on us. Stop but anyway, um, the the people who are the highest on the net love yeah. um, rating uh, are basically people who. I had the most chemistry, of course, but also um, intellectual compatibility and um, emotional affect like compatibility and like the way that like we both demonstrate romance and the way that we can both like uh, relate to one another in terms of how well we can support, support the other person, uh, like trust and where kind of like our differences lay, lied, whatever. Um, all of those things kind of like boil into this like net love score. And then that kind of indicated to me like, okay, like there's a lot that uh, I, I think I bring to the table, but like I love seeing that like it's reciprocated and like that you've met your equal like in these areas. And like, that's such a cool, All right, Hollis, rewarding thing I'm to gonna say. have to cut you that's off fine. brother, but that's I fine. love you. I feel like you could talk about this for days. Everybody yes. Hollis. <laughs> okay, so, so hearing all of that, what words are coming up for you now? Data. Vulnerable. Vulnerable. Where's vulnerable? Okay. All right. Can we go over to vulnerable, Erwin? Hi. Hi. What's your name? My name is Lisa. Lisa. Yes. Lisa, what's coming up? Um, vulnerability is coming up for me uh, because although that that's like a lot of data that you've gone through, <laughs> it's still something that you had to touch the inside of yourself to put out there to, to share with us and um, I just think that that was really beautiful and um, although not everybody puts on a data what's sheet what's coming up for you um, it actually reminds me of my own diary it's not you know it's analog I'm writing it but anytime I have an experience you know I write it down so it's it's kind of like my oh, yeah? looking back and saying, oh, I don't remember that guy. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't remember, who did I talk to? When, when was this? And you know, it's, it's wow. very vulnerable to look back at yourself and to realize how much you've grown and, and what you did like about that person, what you didn't like, what you really hated. 
and um, that's where the vulnerability comes Beautiful. in. Beautiful. Thank you so much. What other words are coming up for us? <coughs> Consent. What else? Empowerment. Work. Who said empowerment? Okay. Uh, let's go to empowerment right here. <coughs> He's going to come around. Here we go. What's your name? Kara. Kara. Okay, Kara. So what, talk to me about empowerment. I think the act of self-reflection so as to try and find more of what you're looking for, even though you're not exactly sure what the results are, it's not an exact science. I think you've made it as close as you possibly could. But what's coming up for you? Um, the same, empowerment. Um, I am in Layla Martin's sex coaching program right now, and the act of saying you know what did i what have what i learned go sign up for that um the desire to be a sex coach <laughs> but where does that come from since i was 14 i said i was going to be a sex coach my whole life i've said where I was did you grow up florida <laughs> and what? you know the thing that you <laughs> i just want to know if we can find a yearbook somewhere probably you know? i went to like the fame high school of florida so like you probably could find <laughs> A lot of and you were like, <laughs> I'm gonna be a sex coach. Yeah, I was like, let's talk about this. Yeah, always. So where did always. that come from? Why were you so interested? Well, in the, and I think the thing about empowerment is, um, in in the coaching program, it's like, what did your parents teach you about yeah. pleasure? What did your parents teach you about sex? And I mean, when I was seven, my mom held up a cat toy and was like, this is how big a penis is, and I was like, ah. Um, so how I, big was the cat toy? <laughs> it was, it was, it was like a feather thing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so your mother. Was your mother a sex educator? No, but her biological mother was a dominatrix and erotica writer in the okay, 70s on go. the Upper West Side. Here we go. Um, and like my family, spiritually, my dad is a Buddhist. I was trained in transcendental meditation when I was 12. I come from a family of healers. I'm a third generation healer. Um, so I think having a healing background and the kind of family where we're speaking the, the religious language of spirituality and yeah. Tantra is the spirituality of sex. So coming from that background gave me a really good place of empowerment to be able to speak about these subjects. But I have not in any way in my personal practice been integri in integrity with that as a narrative because um, there's still a whole trauma narrative like both societally and in my family that have uh, been the predominant factor in my own sex life, which has not been like a place where I felt empowered. I felt empowered to talk about it to other people. Yeah, yeah, so let's, let's so yeah. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So let's, okay. So I'm just gonna be real. What are we talking about? Um, like the irony of being yeah. a sex coach who only has sex with people she doesn't really want to have sex with. What's that all about? So I, I'm 28 and I've spent most of my sex life like sleeping with women and being in relationships with couples and I identify as a straight woman. Uh, but I have a big trauma narrative around men and I have a lot of fear that comes up for me. I'm a survivor of sexual abuse. Uh, uh, my father is mentally ill, and it was really, really difficult to be raised by somebody with a mental illness. So, and what? Anybody who has mental illness in their family, say word. Word. Okay, we're all here. <laughs> so, part of what I've kind of learned and identified in this coaching program, and the question that what what came up for me about empowerment is when you say, okay, what have I learned from my culture, my family, my society, about sex, about pleasure. And what I learned was, one, it's okay to stay in relationship with people who treat you like shit. 
And two, love from men is conditional and also very unstable and scary. Anybody else who's learned those two things say word. Okay. So I picked people, and then when they would be mean or disrespectful to me, I would beg them not to leave. And that's been the narrative that I've been playing out in my adult relationships over and over again with men. And then when that felt too painful, I would like go sleep with women for a little while and be like, I don't really like this. Like, why am I doing this? <laughs> uh, and that in and of itself wasn't an integrity with the women. Like, I. I had a girlfriend for a year and a half and I would only have sex with her like if she had showered right before and then I would shower right after and I have to think about what that probably was like for her as a queer woman <laughs> like that's not nice. So I have to own that I wasn't being in integrity with my partners and so then I tried to like circumnavigate that by dating a couple for five months and I didn't want to do that either like it's something about what you said about just like wanting vanilla sex like I just wanted that, but I was so afraid to give myself permission to have that because everything that I had learned was like, that's not something that is easy to find. Uh, the men that you meet don't show up that way. But like I was speaking that vibration. That's what I was attracting. Right. I was creating that. Right. Um, so empowerment in having the the desire and self-reflection and motivation to sit there and be like okay like what out of all of my relationships has been working for me how do I find more of that and that was the point that I stopped having sex with people who didn't want to honor the goddess that is able to tell everybody else how to have an orgasm. <laughs> like, let me teach you how to put a jade egg in your vagina and then go over here and have sex with somebody I don't want to have sex with because I'm afraid of asking for what I want. And that's been like, my journey. Well, thank God you're here. <laughs> that's, where I, that's, that's where I was trying to go. All right, good, good, good. Good, good, good. Love that. Um, you know, you brought up something really interesting. You brought up something interesting about fluidity and sexuality, of exploring that spectrum of, you know, of so many things. And uh, our last storyteller of the night is over here. Her name is Sierra. Everybody, please put your hands together for Sierra. So Sierra, Sierra, what is the word that you use to, do you identify as a lesbian or is that the word or is it um, a different word? I can't really say I identify as anything. I just like what I like and I tend to get what I like. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, this, this literally only keeps getting better. <laughs> Sierra, Sierra, okay, cool. So as somebody who knew, at what age did you know you liked what you liked? Probably as soon as I probably saw what I liked. Okay. Um, no. All right. <laughs> And no, what you like based early, on early, what early. you like elementary like school early girls right got yeah. it okay so so there was there's a, a story there was a girl that you knew in elementary mm -hmm. school middle school high school I don't remember what it was yeah. tell, tell tell us that story so my my partner and I we we're, we've been together for about six years but we've known each other for sixteen years um, went to the same elementary high school and college and in high school you know. I'm, I'm that kid. I'm popular, captain of the basketball team, a lot of friends, good looking. <laughs> you know, I get what I want. And I see this one of my teammates, she's a friend, and I'm like, yo, you know, when you, when you gonna give me the time of day? When you gonna be my girl? And she does this thing and she's like, I don't know. 
And I'm like, the F you mean you don't know? Like, do you know who I am? So like, <laughs> I took it some kind of way, but you just, you roll with the punches, life goes on. And I was, uh, I want to say a junior or a sophomore at that time. We're only a year apart in grade. And so by the time we go to college, I'm living on campus, she's living off campus. And you know, we grew up together, so we have the same mutual friends. There is one residential gay club in Allentown called Stonewall, go figure. And, um, <laughs> and so every Thursday night, Thirsty Thursdays, we all out there partying. And I had always had a girlfriend or a something going on. And we're at the club one night, and I see her, and I'm like, bring that ass here. <laughs> and um, Was that exactly what you said? Maybe not in words, but definitely in motions. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, um, and she did. And we had our first dance to Lil Mama. It's popping. It's popping. But, like, we got it in. It was a great night. And I'm like, yeah, I want that. But, like, she still didn't give me no play. Um, life goes on. We keep in touch. You know, the internet is great. Social media is great. And just kind of fast forward, we're online one day, on Facebook in particular. And a friend of ours puts up a post of food porn, right? Everybody's food porning. But it was the most basic food porn picture you'd ever want to see. And she hashtagged everything. Hashtag plate, hashtag I stirred that, hashtag mac and cheese, hashtag spoons, just an excessive amount of hashtags. And so uh, my Cassandra woman, she posts in regards to the excessive posts, I hate people who use excessive hashtags. To which I reply, all in hashtags. Hashtags, why you hating? Hashtags, I'm looking. Hashtag, are you single yet? Hashtag, you looking good. Hashtag, I'm talking. Hashtag, I'm asking for myself. Hashtag, what's good though? And, um, and then she, she hashtagged me back in the DMs. And we, uh, we exchanged numbers as if we didn't have each other's numbers. But we started getting to know each other like on a more intimate level, more so than just like teammates, classmates, just you know the, the stuff on the surface. And um, I was living in upstate New York. She was in between New York and New Jersey and uh, just doing like the whole long distance communicating thing. And so I get a cold one day. It really wasn't a cold. I had eaten rice at a friend's house and a grain got stuck, but it was stuck for like three weeks and I just had this tickle like <coughs> <coughs> So <laughs> she, she boards the train to uh, come up to upstate New York and the train, she's coming off the train and I'm standing outside my car and I'm like, damn, that's, that's what's up. So we go to dinner, have a, a full date and I can't take her back to the house because I'm living with my mom at this time. You know, you can't take nobody back to the crib. Like that's, that's off limits. So get a hotel room um, after our date, great date. I can tell you almost everything we ordered, what we ate, our awkward moments, just getting to know her, like her quirks and saying, oh, you're quirky, I'm quirky too. We had a competition of who could blow out the candles on the opposite table, like strange things. Either way, we get back to the hotel and she's like, I'm gonna be on my best behavior. And I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, I'm putting up that front, like I'm gonna be on my best behavior too. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm gonna give you everything you've been missing since high school. And, um, <laughs> And that's exactly what I did. Um, <laughs> and more or less, we, um, we did the thing, and she was like, oh. And as I'm like resting there in her thigh, she like headlocks me, and she's like, you're not going anywhere. That's all me. And we've been together ever since. So 
<laughs> I love that story, and I'm so happy you're here. Hashtag, thank God you told that story. <laughs> Hashtag, <laughs> I have. Hashtag, I have some questions for you. Hashtag, is that okay if I ask those questions? <laughs> Hashtag, I got answers. Perfect. So, uh, Cassandra's here, yeah? Okay, Cassandra, hi. So, Cassandra, Cassandra, my question for you is, um, is actually around this, the, the sexual orientation. She okay. knew what she liked, right? From the minute she, she came out, she says she knows what she liked. Did She's you always been pretty gay. Hi. She's, she, hashtag pretty, hashtag gay. Okay, so, so but, but have you always known that? No, I didn't know that I liked women until after we got out of high school and like around my first year of college, I started to explore it. But she always, her asking me made, like piqued my interest of women. And I was just like, is this real? Do I like women? No, she just likes me. And that was the like mind-blowing thing for probably two years. I was just like, what? She, she wants to be my girlfriend? Is this real? Yeah, yeah. And so, um, and so when you got together this night that you guys had where you were physically intimate, yes. um, was that your first time with a woman? Oh, no. Right, so. <laughs> <laughs> but it was the first time with a real woman. Okay. So, <laughs> all right, so. So, 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 you know, what was your experience like when you started to explore? Um, my experience as I started to explore women were kind of half and half. Like, it was something different than being with men where I got to emotionally feel something different than, and I know this sounds weird for some men, but like sweaty man on you. And I didn't like that. And I knew that something was just a little off with, uh, how I encountered men and how I encountered women. And for a little bit, I, I kind of like did the bisexual life where I was just like, where am I? Where do I play? And then I just stopped labeling myself because I just didn't know. And I just was like, whatever, it's just what it is. Yeah. So then when I met Sierra for us getting together, it was just like instant love because we had a friendship there. There was already groundwork, foundation. And then when I met her, it was just like, Oh, I don't have to go through the hard part of learning somebody. I already know you, and it just made it easy. Oof. All right. Well, I'm so happy you're here. Thank God Thank you're you. here. And I love your love. I love your love. So, so normally, I ask, I ask most of the questions in this space, but I know that Sierra, there were you. There was something you you had a question. Well. My, my biggest question is for you. I don't know what you plan on doing with the rest of your life, but I would love to spend it with you. Because you're my favorite.
Got you these elixirs. Enjoy yes, yes, your non-alcoholic elixirs. So this is not, Jared. This is not going to bring the mood. Huh? Is this going to bring the mood? Oh no, no, that's oh, yeah. that's that's definitely going to set the vibe. Got it. <laughs> it's going to be lit tonight. <laughs> oh my, it's going to be popping. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Wow. Okay. You never know what can happen if I touch my town hall. Oh my God, that's so beautiful. I love your love. I love your love. Thank God you, you both are here. Uh, thank you for sharing that story. Thank you for allowing us to witness this magic moment. Um, love is love, man, and love is real. So uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate this. Thank you. Thank you. This is the, this is, I mean, we actually had a couple who met at the third touch point ever and they got married a year later, um, which is amazing. Um, so look around, look around. <laughs> so this is the first time two, two people have been engaged in the space and that's a beautiful thing. And, uh, and um, it is beautiful. And you know, I, an important thing is that, uh, that I've learned from this space is that, listen, like not everyone is, you know, straight, or gay, or bisexual, or pansexual, or white, or black, or or wants to get married, or doesn't want to get married. Every everybody seems to identify in their own little special nuanced way. But it seems as though if there's anything I've learned from this space, it's that everybody wants joy. That everybody wants joy, and I love when I get a chance to witness people who have truly found it. Um, and so I'm just grateful that you're that you're here and that you gave us the uh, the opportunity to to witness you and to listen to you and uh, and to aspire to find and sustain joy the way you have. Uh, and I wish the the two of you so much luck and so much love on your journey. Thank you for listening to Touchpoint. You can learn more about us at lovetouchpoint.com and follow us on Instagram at, at lovetouchpoint. Have an inspired day, and we'll see you next week.